it's that time. It's a, it's the next episode of the long road. Today we're here, uh, joined by James Bauer. James is a masseuse, a physio student, and a bit of a, uh, a human lab when it comes to all things physical fitness and uh, recovery. So, um, welcome aboard. Uh, welcome to the long road, James. Thanks for having me, Danny. Great to have you here, actually. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think you do meet people for, you know, just just random people for the right reasons. So, uh, me and you obviously uh, work uh, at the, out of the same facility at the Impact Gym at Erina. Um, and I've always found you a bit of a, a bit fascinating, to be perfectly honest. You know, you uh, you're a dad. You know, you've got you've got a small young family, but you're crazy into your study and uh, crazy into the fact that you want to help people. Um, break down how you you know for us if you could if you could uh, how you got into the into the health and wellness industry. Yeah, well, I think for me uh, it started quite young. Um, just getting into the gym and just being fit and healthy. Uh, originally started when I was probably still in high school, just going to the local community centre, always really into my fit and uh, fitness and into my health. I was everything from soccer to rock climbing to boxing to weightlifting to we were doing wrestling as well. So I was always, I was into everything. And then I got into the gym, started more doing some like more body bodybuilding style training um, and then jumped into some boxing classes and I was always the unique one because I used to stay after boxing. Uh, you go sweat it out and have this full hour of boxing session and then everyone would leave and I'd stay and there'd be all these 50, 60 year olds plus coming into the class to do a session of Tai Chi straight after, after the boxing session. So I was the youngest one from about 35 years jumping in and doing some Tai Chi because I really loved that aspect of sweating it out and then having some some mindfulness as well with the tai chi and used to do the movements really really slow and then you know the, the instructor would challenge us and be like oh cool now do it in reverse so it was always a good mental aspect as well so you had the physicality of the sweating and then the mentality of the of the tai chi and the breathing and the slow slow balance there um and then uh, when I went overseas I went I kept my training where'd, where'd you go tra- I was in Europe So I um, had a two-year working visa. So I was over there and still managed to keep some of my fitness up. So I was jumped into the gyms and would do split shifts and jump into the gym that was close by. Um, And it wasn't until I went snowboarding in the French Alps and um, I ended up landing, going down some trick stairs and uh, my my body landed on some lower stairs and about four or five stairs higher, I landed on my shoulder above my body. So I cradled my arm down the slope and... I realised that I had torn. I hadn't found out until I had torn my rotator cuff later on. Um, so that kind of really stemmed to that rehab rehab path because, you know, I just I did what everyone else does. I just kind of, oh yeah, she'd be right. I'll just take out some of these exercises. Oh yeah, that that's now niggling. It used to be fine, but now it's niggling. Uh, really got first hand first hand understanding of. Uh, what was happening with my body and things getting worse. And when I got back, I was back two weeks and I jumped into a PT course and I was like, no, nah, this is what I want to do. And then luckily enough, when I was learning, I managed to get onto some really great mentors who were never um, based around just fitness and, you know, doing your your burpees and you're just, you're just sweating out your session. 
it was always really performance based. So my mentor, he was, he was really great. So he, I was learning on how to cue people how to squat and where you go, okay, this is where I want your feet. This is what I want you to do. And he was, he was teaching me about the firing pattern synchronicity between shoulder blades. Like my, my brain, my brain just volcano exploded because he was always, he was really uh, above with what he was, what other people were doing rather than just fitness. And he was teaching me about like core exercises weren't just your sit-ups and your planks. It were, you know, one arm, one-handed farmer's carries. They were your overhead press. They were different movements. So we actually like, you know, getting outside of the, the functionality of it, but really getting into performance-based work. And that's where his background was. So it was, it was really good. So I had some really good mentors. So I really kind of absorbed that. And then fin- finally got some help with my shoulder after I couldn't even do a bodyweight push-up. And I, I as, a, as a guy, like, you know, or with all the boys, we'd all be doing some push-ups and I couldn't even do a bodyweight push-up and they were all doing dips on the bars. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. So I really, like, got that understanding of what it feels like to have that pain. And then it's not just pain that happens with... Uh, exercise you then go well my shoulder's irritated that means I'm going to I can't sleep at night because my shoulder's inflamed and then you can't sleep at night you get irritable when you're irritable you're then snapping at your friends and family and then you feel guilt because of the fact that you a you should be doing your exercises b you should be snapping at your friends and family and the whole mentality that comes with pain and injury so having this really big uh, background of performance mentality and physicality um, I really kind of really started to find my own little groove. So in the gym, I started doing more stuff with rehab with my shoulders. And then and then I started doing strength and conditioning and then Olympic lifting. And then uh, I was a registered boxing coach as well. So all of a sudden, these athletes where they go, oh, this is just a bit niggly or this is just a bit, I can't get full stride when I'm running. You know, for them, you go, oh, it's the difference between uh, semifinals and getting first place. But for general pop, they're they're the ones that are really struggling because they're not already fit and they're not already training and then they injure themselves and then they go I can't do that because I'm injured can't do that I've got, I'm injured as well so I started to become that person in the gym that people go oh you got a sore hip you're like, nah, you, need, you need to go see James go see James and he will sort you out and I knew where my scope of practice was and then I'd always and then I started to build relationships with local physios and refer them so I and then I'd go hey is there anything that you can offer me or is there any training that I can do? Mm-hmm. Okay, one one question that kind of really um, pops out is how helpful were the French taking you off that off that hill there? <laughs> that, that, that was really good. Like it was it was fine. Like it was only just down a little bit. It was just down where they had the trick puck set up. So it was. Did it you was... ask in English? You know, because they can <laughs> they can be. Uh, you know. No, it's pretty good. I'm pretty sure me cradling my arm was um was it was enough so i think they kind of got the picture but yeah that was that was a really big experience and uh because that was up overhead um where most people have those injuries up overhead um it really it tore that rotator cuff and then it just that physicality of not being able to do what i want to do and especially being you know a young 20 year old wanting to train and to to be in these different sports <clears throat> but also the the mentality uh, the mentality of of having that pain injury as well like not you you know you, you don't really know what it feels like with an injury until you have to stop and go will this hurt me 
will this hurt my shoulder? Will do this? And that's mentally draining because you have to stop and think like, oh, I can't do this. Or like, you know, trying to get on the ground and do uh, like get on the ground and reach for something. Or I remember I felt my shoulder pop. I was in the car and I reached down to grab something that was on the ground. Mm. That was, uh, sorry, that was on near my feet. And I felt my shoulder partially sub sub dislocate. Something like that for a young for a young male that just wants to like get in and get it done mm. was was a massive was a massive shift. So I've always tried to be the uh, not the dumbest person in the room, but I've always tried to be the sponge in the room and always surround myself by people that are more educated and have more knowledge than me. And then I've just kind of put it into myself and then went from PT and then went from the the strength and conditioning and working with athletes then started doing remedial massage because i was doing passive treatments anyway um just helping with some stretching assisted stretching that sort of thing got into remedial massage the teachers there were like you need to go do your diploma so i did my diploma of fitness i was doing my diploma of fitness got work experience at a physio and he's like come in i want I, w- I want you on board so i was doing soft tissue work and doing some exercise based sort of stuff in the gym went from the physio working with the, like the entrance tigers doing strapping um, and then from there, I finally bit the bullet and was like, no, I need to go to uni. So I'm actually doing the exercise sports science at the moment. And then my end goal is to do sports physio. So another two years masters and hopefully another two years after that for like a, uh, maybe a combo sports physio, high performance training. That's, that's where I want to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So th- there's a fair road ahead of you, but you obviously by there, you, by the, um, by what you've just told us, that you've got a fair understanding of what the recovery, you know, the injury and recovery process is. Um, uh, one one caveat before we continue, just uh, no offence to any French people that, that may be listening. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we love you, and I'm a massive croissant fan. Um, moving, on, moving on to that, so just how important is it to really put in the correct amount of time and the correct amount of work for any person in, in in general population you know you know the local you know the normal guy or girl walking down the street how how important is it to put that work in uh, like are you talking about like goal direction or just heading that or all of the above all the like uh, put the work in in relation to if you've injured yourself and now you've, you you we're, we're presenting ourselves to you know to a professional like yourself you know how important is it to actually do the work it's it's so important um i had this conversation with a client this morning it's not when we talk about fitness we talk about like oh i should say health and fitness we don't just go oh i need to go to the gym you don't just go to the gym and eat crap so what people do is then go oh yep i need to start working on my nutrition and then it's the the bigger things like how much hydration how much sleep am i getting uh, what exercise am i doing that's just the base bare minimum so when people are coming in and they go, oh, can you fix my lower back? You're like, okay, so what do you do for work? What do you do for sports? How do you feel? How are you moving? And it's that whole approach being able to go, okay, it's not just come in and get your, your lower back massage. That, that'll do, that will take away maybe some inflammation, maybe take away there. Is there any awareness? Is that person highly strung with stress? Which means when they go to do stretches, they're not actually getting the most out of their stretches. So it's so important that it's not just come in and get that magic pill. We talk about the magic pill and fitness that we don't have. Otherwise, you know, the corporates would be making tons of money. But there's no magic pill for fitness and health. There's no magic pill for pain and injury. But you have to then make sure that you're diligent with what you're doing. 
and also having like a, a graded increase. We talk about progressive overload in the gym. We talk about like, hey, I did five push-ups today. I'm going to do 10 push-ups tomorrow and, you know, and start to build that. We need to do the same thing with our recovery because we need to make sure that we are having in a position that we're able to tolerate what we're, our bodies are doing and then increase the muscle and the strength around that injury. You roll your ankle and people go, oh, yeah, I always roll my ankle. And you're like, cool, what are you doing for it? And they go, well, what do you mean? I roll my ankle. You're like, well, are you doing any stability work? Are you warming up before you go for runs? Are you adding in change of direction drills into your into your training? Oh, no, I'm not doing any of that. You're like, well, no wonder you're rolling your ankle. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, the, the little light on my, re- on my car keeps flashing on and off. Oh, have you got your car serviced? No, I haven't got it serviced yet. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, I think modern society and especially uh, a lot of young people, we, you know, and, and old people too. We just, you know what I mean. We really a bit slack with that in that kind of regards. You know what I mean. Like we've, you know, you can flick through and you can you can see a post and stuff like that. You know what I mean. Fairly quickly, social media I think has has kind of programmed our mind not to not to see the big picture. You know, I mean, it's instant kind of gratification. You know, and obviously no magic pill, you know, but we're being sold 30-minute abs or, you know what I mean, every single time. Um, from your perspective, do you think there's going to be a point in time where, you know, where people can market, you know, for a longer-term holistic approach to fel- to fitness? Because it's not sexy. <laughs> it's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's not like, oh, you're going to get this, you know, sexy abs in four weeks. You're like, cool, if you maintain this, 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 and this, you know, six to 12 months, this is, this is you're looking at longevity. Um, and, I, and I think you hit the nail on the head. When you've got younger, there is that instant gratification. Um, and, you know, and adults as well, we, you know, we're, if people go, I don't have any time, I don't have any time to stretch or go to the gym. And you go, cool, download this app. It'll track how many, how long you've on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter or anything like that, any social media, it'll measure how long you are on each of those social those social media um, platforms, and then you then tell me that you don't have any time. But uh, I think that is that is that instant gratification. But it is it isn't sexy to be like, oh, I need to I need to do warm ups. I need to do this. Oh, what do you mean? I kind of just do these. I, I did one push up two years ago, and I should be able to do a handstand push up today. Like, what do you mean? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and I suppose that's the thing because we we are surrounded by images and content, you know, of these amazingly you know sculpted people and. You know, uh, everywhere we turn, there's advertising. You know, I mean, with just, you know, with with supermodels and and uh, you know and chads everywhere. Yeah. You know, and you kind of go, ah, you know, and then it all becomes too much. But where from uh, where from your experience does does kind of this future, you know, the future of fitness kind of lie? I, I feel like people are now starting to get a little bit more savvy. And I won't name any particular style of training, but there are certain styles of training that people are like, hey, I've noticed that this this was a bit too much. This was too much. Uh, you know, it, and it's hard because you might go, hey, I've got a, I've got this issue. You, you know, you've got this little red light on the car that keeps popping up every time you get to a certain speed, the light pops on. So what happens is when you're in the gym, you, you then go, oh, I've got music going, I've got adrenaline going. The person next to me is just that little bit ahead of me. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to push a little bit more. Like, oh, a little competitive between me and them. They're only a little bit ahead of me. I want to beat them. 
And then all of a sudden you go from being very conscientious, conscientious and aware of your injuries to then going, oh, no, I just want to beat them and I've got the music going, I've got adrenaline going, and then you've got fatigue and then all of a sudden you're not thinking about form 40 minutes into a session of a wad when you've only got three minutes to go. You're like, I just need to survive this sucker. I just need three more minutes and I'm done. Mm. I'm going to collapse in a heap at the end of it. You don't sit there and go, three minutes left, my back's really sore. You know what? I'm pulling the pin. So what happens is they then go, oh no, nah. no, I just I'm just push push it through for another three minutes, and it's always that last three minutes that then does the most amount of damage. But uh, in, in the answer to your question, people are starting to get really savvy with like because you know um, I can't remember the statistics. It's over sixty percent of people in between the ages of eighteen and sixty two, I think, are in a in a seated job. So we're starting to be more aware of like, hey, I, I work 40 hours sitting behind a desk or I'm standing all day. And then people are more aware of like, hey, I've gone for a walk and I'm causing pain. I'm doing this. This is causing pain. I jump into said exercise or said style of training and it injures. So people are starting to get more. Um, and even now, like when I worked with the Entrance Tigers, there was a 19, 20-year-old guys that have had two shoulder Ricos. I'm like, two shoulder Ricos? You're 20? Mm. You like your body's gonna hate you in twenty years. Mm. Yeah. But you know when you when you're young and dumb, you know you can get hit by a truck and you're like, oh, I should be right. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like that general direction, people are becoming a little bit more aware. Um, but it's hard because what happens is, I feel like is they go, oh, there's no magic pill. You should try this, and then they try that, mm. and then then they become the, you've got the mentality side of guilt and shame of not achieving what they wanted to achieve, and then they're looking for the next quick fix, and then that person goes, well, you know, I try the twelve week challenge. Maybe it's not a twelve week challenge. I should do a four week challenge, and they go do a four week challenge. Oh no, the four week challenge didn't do. But they're not. No one's really approaching that holistic approach of, uh, no, sorry, I should say, not many places, and that's now becoming the new the new thing is. The mentality, the accountability, the community, the people, and also the training and the fitness. So the f the direction is starting to head down there. Um, but I, I feel like with that pain and injury, I think it's too quick and easy now to go get surgery. It's too quick and easy just to go, oh, yeah, my doctor said this. I need to get a cortisone. You're like, well, okay, like – should it be that quick? Should they then refer to a physio first? Mm. Should they go get a massage? Hey, did a massage help? Oh, okay. Yeah, it helped, but I didn't really do this, so I'm still really weak here. Okay, cool. You know, here's some exercises. Here's some other stuff to progress you to get better for that graded return. You don't just mm. jump into six days of training an hour apiece when you were sitting on the couch last week. You shouldn't do the same thing with your injury. You don't then just jump in and go, yeah, I'm going to do all these rehab exercises. And again, it's not sexy to stand there and do some activation drills and, and not feel like, oh, I don't feel really sweaty. I don't feel really sore. That was stupid. It doesn't work. You're like, well, it does work, but it's not the sexy thing. It's the long-term thing where you go, cool, let's do activation. Now that you're strong enough for that, let's do this. Now you're stable enough to do that, let's do this. And then that's that progressive overload. But in prehab and rehab rather than just go a thousand miles a minute yeah do you think we'll ever get to a point where for example uh, as a society we look at health and fitness the same way we look at finances you know like that kind of concentrate you know that being that's that's our real wealth is our is our quality of life so if you were to flick on the tele television anytime there is the great new home loan rate could you imagine if it was, you know, I mean, if it was a flip side of saying, "Hey, the the great new, the great new blood test." 
that will tell you. You know what I mean? Like, are we ever going to be in that position where <clears throat> we're so, you know, we're, we're, our focus has changed that much that we're actually more invested in it, just not, you know, just not this quick fix? It's, again, it's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's easy to sell a home loan because the ideal of having a family home and the white picket fence and the family that live in the home and you own your home and all that sort of stuff uh, is completely different to, like, you know, they even the government has sent out the, the free bowel cancer test. All you have to do is, you know, check your health, check for bowel cancer, send in the sample and you can check to see if there's cancer. You don't have to do it again. But then the amount of non-completion rates of a free cancer check that gets sent out to people, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go near that sample. You're like, well, like health isn't as sexy, but it needs to be. It needs to be a, a systemic change. And it's hard because you've got doctors at one end and nothing against doctors, but you've got people in those positions that are going, hey, surgery, cortisone, here's a drug. Tablets. Here's your magic pill. Yeah. Here's your magic pill to take away the pain. Um, well, my my vision of where I want to take my business is when I'm finished as a physio, I want to get into under-18s working. I, I want to work with under-18 teams, like getting them to systemically understand movement practice from the ages of 10 to 12 up mm. so that when they become a 19, 20-year-old that's sitting there going, Oh, my shoulder sore. They're like, oh yeah, cool. I know. I know what to do. I know who to go to. Uh, it needs a systemic change because what happens is, unless you are high end football or high end sport, even on the Central Coast, a high end sporting that is eighteen up is only when you get more highly educated people. I'm not saying that they're not educated, but people that are as experienced because most of the time it's to do with money. They, they get thrown money. The bigger clubs can get the bigger resources. But yet, when you've got your under-15s, under the under-15s will have you know a dad that volunteered to look after the soccer team because he used to play soccer and now he's the coach has left, gone on to bigger and better things, and no one's left to coach his son's soccer team. Mm. So it's a 15-year-old, a guy that's teaching under-15s under or under, uh, under the 18 mark, and... He's just coming in with what he knew from 20 mm. years ago yeah. or 20, 30 years ago. So that's where it's hard. So they're getting to 18, 19. And, you know, everyone, it should be the culture that everyone rocks up beforehand. If you need to get strapped, get strapped. If you need to get looked at, go get looked at. Everyone's there for warm up. Everyone's there for, you know, if, if you do have pain, don't push through things. So I'd have guys third, fourth week of the um, of season and be like, oh, I want to go back on the field. I'm like, nah, you're off the field. And they're like, oh, but it's fine. And they like, they take the ice pack off. They're, they're just gingerly holding their shoulder. I'm like, oh, come on, coach. Like, send me back on the field. I'm like, it's week four. Week four, go home, rest for two weeks. It'll be fine. And you'll be back on the field ready for semifinals to win grand final. It's not grand final. It's not the last two minutes of grand final where you're like, oh, like, okay, just hit him with your other side. It's literally start of preseason. The culture needs to be like, it's okay. Look after you first. The team will be okay. Because the team's great, the team's work, they've got a bond, the coach is there, the coach is supporting people to go, hey guys, if you've got any injuries, we're not going to take you off the field, but we're going to work in with you. Yeah. But when you get 18, 19, they're already moulded into that. They, they didn't get shown any of this stuff until they go to high level, like when you start looking at some of the bigger cups, and they get exposure to higher resources, higher people with... Mm, 
like larger experience in education, do they go, oh, it's okay to warm up for this and it's okay to do, you know, sprint work. No, sprint work's not sexy. Sprint work's not sexy, but when you all of a sudden after eight to ten weeks and it clicks, you go, oh, my God, I can, I can run faster with my sprint technique. Mm. But if you've ever done print, sprint work, it's very A skips and little little steps and little shuffles and little that, and you're kind of sitting there going, oh, my God, what is this crap? But it helps in the long run, but it has to get the click. So to answer your question, I feel like, Parts of it is, but we also need to systemically change culture from a young age and get young guys, get young people stretching, get fitness into schools. But I feel like nowadays it's more towards technology. That was my, actually my next question. Is it something <laughs> that we really need to? So um, I remember um, uh, Jamie Oliver wanted to bring in, you know, some nutrition into the schools where he, he came in and did a whole documentary on you know, on, on actual fresh food and produce in the in the schools because uh, in the UK, they're all provided, the meals are all provided. Yeah. Um, and none of the kids knew what fruit and vegetable were. Yeah. And they, they, they hated it. They In, in the end, uh, you know, um, freshness prevailed and they were, they were able to get some, some quality nutrition into, into the school board and kind of go there. But I'm not sure if, it, I haven't followed it, I'm not sure if it's kind of there, but this is something we need to do for you know for um you know for the schools uh, in australia i i think uh, as much as there is pe education what's on the up and coming rise because of the modern day is modern day technology so they will have like back when i was at school working there were almost dinosaurs around um they'd only just been extinct they <laughs> were like we used to have it maybe one hour a week now it's you like bring everyone's got, like you get into high school. Everyone's got their own their own tablet or their own computer, and most of the stuff is done on their computer. So, how it's very hard when already we're we're creating this culture of oh we're just going to sit behind a desk because we're doing our assignments, we're doing this, we're doing that, and now PE is like one hour a week. And it, oh, you've got your lunch break, go run. Like, oh, no, I'm going to go and go run. Like, I'm, I've got my laptop here. I'm going to play games. I'm going to play mm. these these um, things that are designed to the more time that they get play time on there, the more um, rewards you get and all of that sort of stuff. So they're getting the stimulus there. So where is the fitness in schools? Mm. Unless you get some schools that are like, hey, we're going to bring in a trainer. Like I used to do school stuff, but that was only once a week. We'd only go in there once a week and we do... Like we're doing orienteering where you give people a, a, a compass and a map and people are like, what is this thing? You're like, it's called a compass. We used to use it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's certainly not, uh, yeah, not a GPS, you know what I mean? A, yeah. And an app or anything like that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's probably those old school skills that are kind of waning by the by. The buy. So uh, speaking of schools, how difficult was it for you to get back into study when you when you kind of decided to... Basically, you know, uh, pull the pull the bandaid off and and go back to uni as as a mature age. I'm assuming. Yeah, mature age. Thanks, thanks for pointing that out, Danny. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you, you know you know this feeling all too well. <clears throat> um, I definitely think going into uni, like I've done diplomas and uh, and that sort of stuff outside of school. Uni is just a, it's as you know, it's a different it's a different beast. Like it's that it's more in depth and then you can't just go oh i've written this article people go what's that based on where's the research because then they're all academic at all what's the research what's the current research you might have research from 10 15 years ago but that might be out of date mm. so i uh, 
and coming from that time, I think when I first started, I think I uh, I only only had two kids. I think at that point, um, and it was it was a struggle, like both family wise, getting into that transition and trying to find where the study time was, and and also coming in as a mature age student because coming in, I'm like, oh, I just. I can't deal with people's that some of the sociology stuff that's you know young ones under twenty five. Some sometimes their mentality was just I'm like ah, I don't I don't want to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that. Like oh this person said this something about this person. I was like well, this is not high school. This is uni. Like just just move on. Like I, I found that to be a struggle. Yeah. Um, and I know that's some some levels of maturity and and obviously you've got a different environment. But some of these people are going straight from high school straight into uni and you're like well. That jump from although you were just studying is still different and you, the mindset is still quite young as well. So they're going from being like, again, the big, big fish in a little pond to being a little fish in a big pond in a university where it's based on research. It's based, you've got adults there and, and that, that juggle was, 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 was hard. It was interesting to kind of find, find that rhythm. And I think the first, first semester I, uh, I got didn't get as well marks as I wanted to get. Like I, I don't, I, I feel like I find my groove second part into the year. So for two years in a row, my best marks have been second semester at the end of the year than than at the yeah. start. Was there any uh, kind of um, self consciousness going back in there? Because if you if you haven't had a, uh, I know I've got a relationship with study that that's not that hasn't been a one way street. <laughs> you know we've we've had we've had a fickle uh, relationship myself and study. So um, was there anything that you had to kind of overcome internally to to get yourself back into that point of learning, um, and you know what I mean, kind of uh, progress on the way that you wanted to see your life track. <sighs> I think, again, as as you get older, you kind of you try not to let other what other people say and think do like how affect you. Um, I'm quite an extrovert to begin with, so I think one of the struggles for me was like you know wanting to answer questions because I wanted to or ask questions because I wanted to learn, but then being conscious that I was the only person asking questions. Mm. <laughs> so it's kind of like, and you, again, you might have some shy under 20s that were really shy and really introverted, haven't really experienced much of life to kind of season them properly. And then they, um, that was a big thing for me where I was like, oh, I've, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm asking too many questions. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm paying my fees. I'm showing up to class every day. I'm interested about these things and I want to learn learn more and I'm going to ask those questions. And that's that's kind of like having, you know, self-conscious but self-aware but also having some self-respect for myself to go, you know what? Like what I don't want to get home and be like, oh, I really didn't understand what the teacher said and I've paid my fees and, oh, yeah, no, okay, I'll just leave it. You want to get the most out of the experience. Yeah, I want to get the, I want to get the most out of the experience. Squeeze so that was, the lemon. Squeeze the lemon. Get yeah. as much juice out as possible. And that was that. I think that was a self-conscious thing to be recognised, to be like, you know what? I, like, I'm here. I'm here just like everybody else. And not to be afraid to ask questions. And, you know, there's no, there's no stupid questions, just, you know, different answers. So there was that kind of thing of like... And then obviously I come at that point I'd come from seven or eight years in the industry working with mentors and working with physios. So I was coming in with kind of a lot of wealth of knowledge and it was then um, interesting dynamic of like not to kind of not throwing that in people's faces but then go, oh, look, you know, hey, this is my background if I can help at all. 
and then always always coming from a place of of giving mm. and and that was a good change because then even then you're like I'm offering help and I can see they're struggling but they're self-conscious to ask for help or what does that mean for them if they can't if they need help does that mean that they're struggling was that and that was then kind of coming into them a little bit where they're like they were internalizing some different things that was a different aspect when you're like hey guys if you want some help like i've done eight years of this or now now 10 years of it um or close to 10 years i've done this like if you want some help i'm happy to offer a different perspective not saying that i'm right and you're wrong just saying that hey if you want if you want something to tweak or if you want a different perspective or if you just want confirmation of what you're doing is right i'm happy to have that conversation Mm. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of young people, obviously, like you said, are a little self-conscious about it because um, I don't know whether it's hubris or whatever, but you know, a lot of them expect to know the answers or have got their small little, you know, little life experience kind of uh, bucket there, and expect to stuff as much as they can in in that little bucket instead of letting, you know what I mean? It, it develop into a pond or a pool. Yeah, um, and I know. Uh, Obviously, through through my work, um, you know, it, it is t- it is difficult for young people to come in and say, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm really struggling with this." But, you know, in the end, you you, you brought up a good uh, a good point there. There's no stupid questions. I've got a saying: "There's no stupid questions. Only stupid people that won't ask questions yeah. because they're you know because they're too self conscious about uh, about the response or looking silly." I don't care if I look silly. I, I'm I'm quite comfortable with looking fairly stupid as long as i find out the answer you know um i think more questions like that you know more dumb questions actually train you so much so much uh, so much quicker than just sitting there shutting up and you know putting smile and looking like you're getting it yeah and i think um uh you know uh, depends on if you want to open that topic i feel like uh uh, a really big thing of is uh, the, it's interesting when you look at the fear of failure. Like they're so afraid to ask a question, but yet the them asking a question falling flat on their face, they go, "Oh, but you're in a you're in a controlled environment. You're in a con- with a teacher that's w- going to look at you and be like, hey, that that's a really great question.' Or like, oh, I'm not really sure about the question. Like, what's the what's the what's the worst that's going to happen? And they're like, oh, but I'm so afraid of asking a question. You're like, what's the worst that's going to happen? And, and, you know, it could be like you ask a question and you muddle your words. The next time you go to say it, you then you then say it properly. And I think that fear of failure is so uh, in, ingrained in society now because people are so – social media, someone fails, it's straight up online and everyone's going to laugh at you and everyone's going to do this wrong thing. So that fear of failure. But, but what is practicing? Practicing is controlled failing. Yeah. You practice juggling. I, I one of my random skills is being able to juggle, and I didn't just pick up juggling there. How many times that I've have um, any of the hacky sacks uh, have fallen? Like I didn't just sit there and be like, oh, that's it, I'm going to quit." Like you know, I also play music. How many times do I pay a, a perfect piece? Yeah, and and it's it's what is practice other than controlled failing? So we have this fear of failure, but. If we're practicing a thing, it's going to, when you first learn to drive, 
you you know I remember bunny hopping up the street because I couldn't I couldn't find the um couldn't change the keys properly like I was bunny hopping up the street and now you know you're you're listening to music you're changing the radio channel you look in the mirrors you press the indicator on you know you're taking a swig of your coffee as you're changing lanes looking for cars around like yeah. it's it's controlled it's controlled failing but what we have is a fear of failure so he's like how are you meant to grow and and learn if you don't go hey you know I'm gonna break some eggs. Yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen? Oh, you broke some eggs, you clean them up. Yeah, make an omelette. Yeah. You know, make an omelette. That's that's basically it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's exactly, it's precisely the point. You know, you don't win, you learn. Yeah. You know, if you don't lo- if you don't win, you lose and you learn. Yeah. Both start with L. I always, start, I always say that there's, uh, there's only good experiences and learning experiences. Yes, yeah. What's that, what's that? What's that old saying? It's uh, yeah. Experience comes from poor decisions, and good decisions come from experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's one that I always uh, always kind of remind myself because I've had plenty of experience. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think I think everyone has that's uh, that's kind of tried something and and there. Um, just uh, just moving forward, where do you? So obviously you're you're going to obviously finish your qualifications as you went and then go through there. Who are you going to target once you finish? Um, people ask me that question, and it's a loaded question because they're like, "Oh, what's your end goal for the Central Coast?" And I just say Central, Central Coast domination, <laughs> because for me, I have this uh, like once I finish, like I'll finish my exercise sports science next year, and then I'll go into a master's of physio. Um, but I want to build, I, I want to build this empire. Like I want to build a health empire, and I've got doctors that want to get on board they're like i love your vision and i tell them my vision i'm like oh this is what i want to build i want to build this like i want health to be i don't think health, um money should be the only barrier to health like i want to have like a uh, one once a year like free checkup with physio chiro uh, dietitians dental doctors let's do a big gala day where people can just come in for free and and get a free session and like let's let's do that so my my big vision is who i want to get is just everybody i i specifically want to work with um with athletes like i want to work i want to be a sports physio specializing in in, in high-end athletes or athletes but that's just me personally that's that's my fire and that's my passion but i don't just want the business to go there like I want to have aspects of nutrition. I want to have new aspects in mindfulness and mentality and psycho- psychology. Like, I want people to help so that if someone comes in and goes, oh, you know, this person's pregnant. And you go, yeah, cool. We, you know, we have a therapist that specializes in pregnancy massage. And then they get pregnant. Uh, so they, they look after them whilst they're pregnant. They have a baby. And then they go, oh, I've got issues with um, being, I've got ab separation and I'm I'm worried about going back to training. And you go, great, we've actually got a women's special fi- specialist physio. Or if we don't have someone, we refer out to a specialist physio uh, females physio that they can work on ab separation and pelvic floor issues and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and then they go cool now i've got that fixed i want to go train and you go yeah we've got we've got access to training how are you going with programming how are you going with goal setting how are you going with nutrition and because health is so big there's nothing that i can find where people are is an integration integration of holistic health when we go health we don't just go oh Again, I'm just going to go to the gym. You go, well, I've been going to the gym. I feel really bad about eating 
you know, poor choice of food. You go, okay, great. Well, now that I've been doing that, I really should drink some more water. Okay, well, now that I've been drinking more water, I'm probably going to go for some more walks. And then, oh, I really want to work on my sleep. And then oh, I listen to, you know, I listen to ocean sounds before I go to sleep and I, I get a bedtime routine. For health, we do it, but there's nowhere that you can just go and go, oh, I can go here for this and come into this like this community of health professionals and then pretty much never leave because I want to create essentially like a shopping mall worth of stuff when you're like, oh, well, I need to go get some food. I'm going to go to Coles and I'm going to grab a coffee. I'm going to go there for a coffee. I'm going to go to Kmart and then I'm going to go there for some clothes. I'm going to go to the food court for a boost. I'm going to go there. I want that in the health field. So me specifically, I want to work with with athletes, um, being able to help them work on just an acute injury, but tying in with their performance. Like, you know, if you've got a fighter that sprains their wrist and you don't just go, oh, rest, <clears throat> rest your wrist. You go, okay, well, where are you up to with your training? Oh, you've got a fight in eight weeks. Okay, so what we need to do is need to paint a, find a pain-free free threshold, work from there. Okay, is it is it shadow boxing? Is it bag work? Is it pad work? Is it sparring? Whereabouts are we and build you up? But from the actual my 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 company, I want I want it to build to the point where everyone can come in and everyone can find a specialist, and then you can work on your nutrition, you can work on goal setting, you can work on this. And then we do outreach programs with local sporting teams, and then work from the under the under eighteens and really integrate that that final destination of health being being that all sexy thing but it's no longer it's more than that it's more this is the norm this is how we do it here that's that's what i want is that end goal is like hey that's that's how we do it here yes we have computers but we have you know parts of the day where we go out and run and we do these and we we see the benefits and you know exactly for jamie oliver where you go oh he's this is called a vegetable this is called a fruit like mm. i want that on the opposite end where <clears throat> you get an 18-year-old that goes, oh, my hips are really tight. Oh, probably because I've been sitting too long um, studying for my HSC. I'm just going to stretch out my hips. You're like, man, that's a high-five moment where people are aware, they're educated, and they know and they have, they're increasing they're increasing their value for life, which is for us is what Review Life stands for is REV, which is restore, educate, and value. Mm -hmm. So it's not just jump on the table and get a massage. Yes, we restore function, we restore your ability performance, but we educate and increase you to value your life and live your life to the fullest. Mate, that sounds like an amazing, amazing vision, James. So Check uh, in in about 10 years' yeah, time when, yeah. when I finally get there. No, no that's, that sounds awesome, mate. So, um, mate, you've, you've downloaded a whole heap of, uh, of truth and info on us, mate. We're, we're kind of blown away here there. So... Um, uh, if they wanted to get in touch with you, what did I say? Where did I get in touch with you? Um, yeah, you can always jump onto reviewlife.com.au. Uh, so this is the website, or you've got we're on social media. Uh, we're actually mainly in here in Impact. Uh, you probably just see us everywhere because we we try to be in, involved in charity events. We've done um, we did the Trojan Row with you guys. Um, here at Impact, we've done any charity events. We give out vouchers. We're involved in any free events that the Impact runs. We do seated massages. We we, we try to be as involved in the community as you can. So you're probably going to see me around, but we're, we're based here at Impact uh, Impact Centre inside the Allied Health section. 
Outstanding, outstanding. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough. It's been uh, it's been probably a couple of months in the waiting, uh, James. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, and about a thousand questions every uh, every week. But um, I really appreciate you calling into the long road, and um, thank you very much, and all the best for uh, rev your life. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Bye. Take it easy.